trivia, discussions, opinions, and the chance to have your say. Welcome to the Topical Resort.
Okay, admittedly, I did feel you guys slowing down a bit there on the dance floor, so we have to get a uh, a bit of a, a bit of a fast one going there. So we had Initial D, Arcade Stage, and No One Sleep in Tokyo, and as you can hear, we are back, and things are slightly different. But um, hopefully, we enjoyed that last one. Then before that, we kicked off the show with a track from Sonic Rivals One and Two. That was the mix of both of the boss themes. So yeah, and a lot of you clearly noticed that we had a new intro there, so uh, we'll be getting into all that in just a second, but uh, first of all, I just want to say how are you guys down in the chat room? Speaking of which, radioacid.jib forward slash discord, come on over there and you can come and chat to us, and uh, you know, everyone else, not just me. So currently we have Jamie, we have Veritex, we have Frost Impact, we also have Mystic I believe he's listening in, we got a few people listening in who aren't currently in the chat room. So hello to you all, and if you would like to join the chat room, then you know you know where to go by now. So, um, yeah, but those shout-outs that I keep saying that I'm going to do. So, um, as you heard at the beginning of the show, we obviously had a that brand new intro track right there. And that was actually a track from Opus Science Collective, and it is officially called Resort Tropical, and it is an awesome track. It's actually coming out on Bandcamp either tonight or tomorrow or whenever he decides to put it up. So please go and throw him some money over that because it's an absolutely great track. And even if you don't, or well, you've got a download link to it then. Um, aside from that, we've also got the brand new show art. And I want to give a huge thank you to Copke for that one because it is very, very nice. At first, at first when I like, first commissioned him to the art, I was like, okay, I know this is going to be awesome, but I'm not really sure what to expect. And then he sends me that and I'm just like, oh, it's absolutely gorgeous. It fits the show perfectly. It just takes the style so well, or the style of the show and blends it in so well. Love it. And um, also shouts to uh, Y21, our resident tech guy, because <laughs> he was sort of scrambling around behind the scenes uh, just before and during the first music break there to actually get that running on the site. Because I wanted it to be a sort of a surprise at that new show art. Yeah, he, he was sort of scrambling around to get that finished and up on the site, which it now is, so you can go and see it if you go to radiosega.net. Lovely stuff, you know. Set as your wallpaper, send it to uh, everyone you know, basically. Now, one final shout-out goes to actually to this talk bed in the background. A huge shout-out to Too Easy, and I finally figured out how to pronounce his name. It's not I-I-E-Z, it's not I's, it, it's Too Easy. Uh, he actually gave me permission to use this talk bed because... <laughs> I played it on the show before, and I, I really like this track, but um, also on top of that, I'd never really got permission, and I used it as a talk about before, but I finally went through the proper sources, and he's like, yeah, that's all cool. So uh, now we got this as a brand new opening track. But um, yes, yeah, so Jamie wanted me to confirm this. He wanted me to confirm to Veritex that F-Zero GX on the GameCube is Sega. And not actually Nintendo. Um, and unfortunately, I'm going to have to give this one to Jamie. We're going to have to go with Nintendo. Or we're going to have to side with Nintendo here. Because uh, it is actually Sega. They gave the license to Amusement Visions. Who are who are obviously developers of Monkey Ball and other Sega franchises. Uh, rest in peace. They're no longer with us. But it's, it's a very good game. I recommend you buy it if you like your GameCube. And by the way, if you don't like your GameCube, what is wrong with you? Absolute beast right there, except uh, Veritex. Obviously, he doesn't like this GameCube, but... F-Zero GX, made by Amusement Visions, great game. I wish they'd make a new F-Zero, and I especially wish they'd hand the rights off to Sega. 
So we're going to have to do with Fast Racing Neo. It's a Switch game that is incredibly similar, actually, to F-Zero in a lot of ways. So that's sort of going to have to be the alternative. It's no F-Zero, but it would do. So I have here in my notes that I actually want to talk to you about um, something that Jamie brought up. Because he wanted to know what... How, how does it feel to be back on the radio? Well, the answer is quite frankly, uh, as you can tell, a bit off-putting because I haven't done this for a few months properly. Even the Sega Mix episode I did was, you know, sort of returned to form as such. So, sort of stumbling here and there, trying to get, trying to get a grip, yeah, get a grip, you know, um, <laughs> trying to sort of sort myself out, get it back into shape. It'll take a while, but it'll be worth it. But as for what happened while I was away from this show. Um, what actually caused me to go on the hiatus originally was um, examinations, and um, no one really likes exams at all, and I had an entire month of them, about 25 of them. It wasn't particularly fun, I had, I had to you know, work my butt off, but it was worth it, I'd say, in the end. And um, then after that went away, it was very good, except ended up getting sick right at the end of the trip. <laughs> I sort of told my stories about this on Manic Monday, but yeah quite a lot of pain when I got back, but that, that's all gone now, so feeling a lot better. But still, that was not at all nice to have while well, I was away on holiday. Yeah, but once again, got back today, and I actually went back, because I've already finished all my exams. I finished them on the 15th, which was when the show was originally meant to come back, but then I went away. So that happened, and then today I went back in, got for my final sort of uh, visit, got, got all signed off. I've officially left now. Full-time radio host. Just kidding, of course. No, it's not going to happen. Um, I actually do have some work on the side, but not not radio work. Yes, that's sort of like the brief history of what's happened while I was away. But um, I want to know, actually, the opposite. I want to know what, what's been going on with you guys while you're away. You know, been playing any good games, sort of any interesting things happen in your life. Even if I already know about them, I'd like to read out a few of them on the air. So uh, let me know on Discord or on Twitter. I've already advertised Discord. But Twitter is at Radio Sega, at Topical Resort, or at the Green Vite Bay. Or you can use the hashtag Topical Resort to get through anything. Speaking of which, uh, shout outs to all the people on the Twitter currently who've actually been sending stuff through. Uh, not really many people, but you know, people have been retweeting and sending stuff around. And we've also got uh, Lunar Eclipse on Twitter says that she's looking forward to the show. So uh, if you're listening in. Hopefully you are good as well. Uh, we can do one last check of the Discord and then we'll get on to the brand new segment. Or should I say, old segment, but most of the people here won't have heard it before. So, uh, Electric Wiggly says that the Triforce game board, which is the arcade board that F-Zero AX, the arcade version of GX, runs on, was actually developed by Namco, Sega and Nintendo. Three gaming beasts came together right there. To create an arcade board, hence why it's called the Triforce, and uh, yeah, they had some good stuff on that. It's no Naomi, it's no Model 2, but it, it's certainly up there in terms of good arcade boards. Aside from that, uh, very Texas full-time radio, yes, obviously. That I don't know, would, would that be the dream? If it was Radio Sega, I think that'd be the dream, to be able to do that full-time, but uh, any other radio station? No, you, you lose your uh, sort of creative freedom, and you sort of got to play the pop trash and you got to talk about trending topics and you lose some of the creative freedom that I have with this show and I have with Radio Sega. So in a way I guess maybe that wouldn't be the dream. Maybe the dream would be just to have a steady income. What am I on about anymore? I'm sure you want to hear the first clue for the first segment 
of the Trivia Coast. So why don't we get on over into that? So I will see you back in a second. Trivia Coast. So this is the Trivia Coast, a segment which I did once on season one, and then I never brought bracket. Yes, never, never brought back again. Partly because there wasn't really much interest at the time, so I just sort of quietly scrapped it. But there's there's a lot of you guys around now, and there's less of an emphasis on sort of uh, being competitive and more of just an emphasis on scoring points and trying to answer what might be some difficult trivia questions. Now I did give away on Discord that actually this trivia question in particular is a bit difficult actually even searching the even s- searching the answer myself I couldn't get any hits so you're gonna have to sort of use your wits use your brains here to get this uh, first hard question so even though I've already explained how this works over on Twitter and over on the um, show blog I'll explain how this works again for those of you here right now who haven't read that or maybe you just weren't paying attention so um the rules basically there are three questions there's one easy one medium and one hard each uh the easy will score you one point the medium will score you three and the hard will score you five at the end of the first three talk beds i will ask you one question so in this case since i'm at the end of the first talk bed i will ask you the hard question and the next end of the next one i'll ask you medium then the last one i'll ask you easy so um you can also end you can enter for each questions just up until beginning of the fourth talk bed where a reminder will be played that you can no longer enter you can actually get as many guesses as you like so don't be afraid to give me an answer even if you're not certain on it or you don't think it's going to be right because you know guessing might just get you the points google is allowed for this quiz however the questions will be worded in a way which might not get you the information on your first search so google should be more of an aid to sort of help you get the answer not to give it directly to you and just remember, this quiz is mainly for fun, so you're able to flex your Sega knowledge to others. Your points may build up to some prizes later in the series, possibly, but for now, we're just playing for fun. Prizes will pretty much exclusively actually be for one-off episodes, so it gives everyone a fair chance, so perhaps those who have missed previous episodes don't have to worry about not being able to win the prize. But uh, most importantly, enjoy yourself. If you don't know the answer to one question, just move on to the next one. But definitely still try your hardest and guess, because guessing might get you some points. But uh, that first question, hey? Um, Yes, so it is actually a pretty tough question. As I said, Googling will not be your friend here. You will need to know specifically what website to go on to get this information. So here we go. Everyone listening in for the hard question. So it's not uncommon for games to change their name at some point in development. Sometimes the name is changed from a working name, while other times the title is changed from what was already assumed to be the final name. That last one goes for Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing, as the name was actually changed after the team had already decided on a final name. My question is, according to some, um, some unused text in the game, what was the original name for the title? So, according to some unused text in Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing, what was the original name for the title? You can send me your guess in a Discord private message. I am Green Viper 8 hashtag six three eight three. Yeah, I think that's it. On our Discord server, radioacid.gf4.discord. That is the only way you can play. Do not send it in the main chat because you'll be giving others the answers. Do not send it on Twitter because I probably won't see it. So um, just send it through a 
Radio Sega Discord private message. And with that, I'm going to let you all get to guessing. And we are going to play you a station classic right now because, of course, we are. I thought this one fit nicely in this slot right here. So, from Outrun 2, this is Nightflight right here on the Topical Resort.
every Friday night. This is Topical Resort, only on Radio Sega.
And we are back. So uh, what you just heard there was from Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing, an absolute classic. And honestly, the more that I think about it, I think it might be my favourite game. I know that's always sort of been Sadex for as long as I've been around, but thinking about how much I just love that game, it's just, it's just so awesome. I love Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing. That was a uh, Bum Bum or Boom Boom, as they uh, say in the song. And that apparently is from the game, or exclusive to the game, because supposedly it, it doesn't appear in any Samba games, so that's the first place it appears. And uh, obviously that appears on the Samba levels, which is weird because they never really... They only made original music for the Samba levels in that game, they didn't make original music for any other levels. How odd. Before that, from OutRun 2, a station classic, that was Night Flight, and now we're into Hasty History, because it is back this time around, and for those of you who missed it last time, I'm sure there might be some of you maybe lurking, because all the people in the chat know what this is, but um, it's where I go through the history of something relating to the topic of the episode as quickly as possible, but at uh, this time it's not going to be quick, because I've just looked at my notes and saw how much I have written, and... Um, I just want to say, people are still sending me in guesses, and, um, yeah, one person has actually already got it, and that really surprises me, because I didn't expect anyone to get it, and, oh, they were so close, oh my god, ah, uh, sorry, uh, I'm gonna do that, quite a lot of you, um, I gotta, I gotta say, um, to be honest, I was expecting, I was expecting, like, um, Okay, uh, I'm saying it's completely wrong. Uh, a lot of people have been sending in a lot of guesses, so more than one guess, because I sort of expected people to get it right and then go, um, or get it wrong and then just not guess again, but people have been having multiple guesses, like three or four each, so uh, good on them, I guess. Uh, that's not right either, I'm going to have to send a response to that in a second, but yes, I gave the hint that maybe one, or I gave the hint to one person down in the chat room. That since you can't Google it, you need to have good site knowledge. And there is one site in particular that if you know it, you know that it would have this information. That's that's all I'm gonna say on the matter. Um message. Yes, we will be getting into the history of actually Sega's races, not just races in general one like we did last time, in just a second, because it's quite a lot of it. So, actually why don't we begin now? So believe it or not, Sega actually created, or credited with creating the first racing video game. The creatively titled Grand Prix was released in 1969 and even featured a racing wheel and accelerator, despite how early the game was released. The next, made, well, the next major race that Sega released was in 1976 with Motocross. It's believed to be the first game or first racing game to have haptic feedback, as it used them in the handlebars. Sega decided to get into the world of laserdisc racing games in 1984, this wasn't a market I was aware needed entering particularly, when they released GP World, but needless to say that due to the format it was released on, it didn't exactly set the world on fire. A game that would do this however was 1985's Super Hang-On, made by industry legend Yu Suzuki. The game was said to have been one of the best looking sprite based races at the time, and obviously it played the part too. The 90s were the decade when Sega races really began to shine, and they started the decade off with a game that looked gorgeous, but now in comparison, it looks okay. So this was 1992's Virtua Racer. The 3D polygonal graphics were said to be the best for the time, plus the gameplay was said to be very advanced. But all this wouldn't matter, 
as the genre was just about to be revolutionised and it would end up being by a familiar face. Because in 1993, Sega released Daytona USA, a game many, many more times advanced than Virtua Racing. The game had graphics unmatched in any other game at the time of any genre, any platform, and the praise also flooded in for the soundtrack, as its use of vocals really pushed the hardware to the limits, and the gameplay's realism was on another level to games released even a few years earlier, or in fact even a few months earlier in some cases. And uh, Virtua Racer, did I say Virtua Racer? I'm fairly certain I said Virtua Racer. We're gonna go with that. But um, despite this huge groundbreaking game that they just released, this did definitely send the industry in a new direction, and uh, another game that continued in this direction but didn't really make as much progress was 1995 Sega Rally Championship. It was a great game and did introduce some new features, but didn't shake the ground anywhere near as much. The game introduced dif different terrains for each track, which made the environment simulations of different types of rally track, which is actually another feature that became a mainstay in the genre. So that was sort of their 2000s history and sort of their major Virtua Racing. Yeah, it's electric. I'm not sure where we're going with this. <laughs> so as a genre or a subgenre, kart racing started after the release of Nintendo's Mario Kart 64. Obviously, those who know Nintendo know that that was the second Mario Kart game, but no one cared about Super Mario Kart because uh, it was rubbish. But Mario Kart 64 was actually pretty good, good enough to uh, start an industry on its own. But Sega, surprisingly, wouldn't attempt to pursue this success for many years to come, as they had noticed that others had had issues breaking into the genre with mediocre titles. So, they actually waited until 2010 when they released Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing. There it is again. We've mentioned it a few times now. <laughs> again, clearly drawing inspiration from Mario Kart. Unlike many other Sega races, or the more realistic races, it doesn't really revolutionise much, but it instead focuses on making a faithful recreation of Nintendo's take on the genre, which I'd actually argue is better than Nintendo's take. 2012 saw them release the second game, Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing Transformed. Although the transformation mechanic at the time of conception was completely unique and groundbreaking, Nintendo had revealed that they had come up with the same idea, as they'd released Mario Kart 7 one year earlier, both in development at the same time. A game also featuring cars that could fly and move through water. Sega took some time away after this game, but as we all know, 2018 will see the release of Team Sonic Racing, which is presumably the third instalment in the series. The focus in this game is a team mechanic, so race will come in packs of three and will need to work as a collective. As for what this game will change about the genre, that we'll just have to wait and see. And uh, that was the end of Hasty History, and now up next is the Request Resort. So for those of you who want to get in a song relating to the topic, so from any Sega racer, send me a um, private message on Discord, radioac.gf4/discord, or you can do it through Twitter at radiosega at Topical Resort or at the Green Viper 8. You can also send it in through uh, hashtag Topical Resort. You can even do it on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Radio Sega, or you can do it on forums. These, these are a lot of things. Uh, I'm Green Vibrate on the forums, or you can send it in, in for an email, topicalresort at gmail.com. All of those places, yes, all of them, there was a lot of them there. I, need, I really need to cut back. All those places there, you can get in a request, and uh, we got we got a few requests coming, actually. Uh, I've currently limited it to one request per person. Apologies if you have multiple requests, it's just that way um, we can fit in as many from as different people as possible. Speaking of which, some of you actually haven't requested yet, so I'm going to ask you to do that. 
Electric Boogaloo says that people did actually care about Mario Kart, it's just kind of dated now, kind of like Mario Kart 64. Um, I do actually... I, obviously I know people did like the game, but it, it didn't really change any industries. When it came out it was just sort of like, okay, that's a thing that sold a few copies. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It, it didn't revolutionise anything, whereas when Mario Kart 64 came out, everyone rushed to make a kart racer, and Nintendo themselves made tons of kart racers. But yes, we still got some more people sending in uh, their responses. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to let some more people down. But uh, in the meantime, why don't we come back over to the trivia coast on the subject of responses? Coast. So uh, quite quite a lot of you have actually been sending stuff in. In total so far we have got answers from Electric Boogaloo, Veritex, Callum and Frost Impact. But um, this, despite how small of a number that actually sounds, every one of them has sent in, except for Electric, has sent in multiple, multiple um, responses. In fact, Lost Impact has sent in one, two... Three, four, five so far, and none of them have been right. Once again, sites will be your friend here, not Google. But, um, we're going to relay that question one more time for those who have missed it. So, the hard question is, according to underused text in the game, what was the original name for Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing? So you can still get in your answers for that. You've got one, you've got one more talk bed and then a slight music break after that to be able to get this in but you still got plenty of time because we've got the request block next but um, I sure, I'm sure you want the medium question and I think a lot more people will be able to get the points here so reminded that on the medium question you're playing for three points and you get two talk beds to be able to get in your answers for it so with that in mind let's get in to the medium question so product placement is the act of including paid promotion within films, television, or video games. A game infamous for having these tie-ins is the original Dreamcast release of Crazy Taxi. Can you name me the three sponsored locations that appear within the original version of the game? So once again, can you name me the three sponsored locations that appear in the Dreamcast version of Crazy Taxi? And to answer that, you will need to send me a DM on Discord. I'm GreenVaporate, hashtag 6383. And I will currently wait for your responses. But um, while we do that, once again, get in some requests on all those outlets that I plugged to you earlier. Uh, let's see what you're saying in the chat. Oh, we've got quite a few people sending in them. Uh, Callum, that is one of three. By the way, um, the medium question won't always have three different answers, it will normally just be one, but um, it just sort of worked out that there was <laughs> there was three here, so I guess. Uh, a few people are actually typing right now, uh, oh, there's four isn't there? Damn it, the site I use is wrong, there's, there's four isn't there? Yeah, I feel like, hang on, um, let me check my sources, <laughs> and by the sources I mean let me check the answers that I wrote down. Hang on, let me look this up, sorry. Yeah, there's more than three. Okay. Um, 
I guess to get the points, then, I will change the question. You only need to get three of them. So, uh, of all the locations... <laughs> of all the branded locations that appear in the Dreamcast version of Crazy Taxi, name me three of them. Uh, so that means electric... Because he named me four. He's got three points. Um, needless to say, he, he is doing quite well for himself so far. Did I cut off for anyone else? No one else uh, said that I cut off. Ah, uh, ah, that's so close. Uh, let me check. I don't think that is, so I'm going to give him two out of three. And Jamie's got the full three points. So Jamie now enters the leaderboard. And, um, yeah, Callum, if you want to send me a response back, because you, you got one of the three, you can still send in your guesses. You get infinite guesses, so send me the other two, and then you'll get the full three points. But as for now, we're going to get into some requests. So speaking of Callum, he sent me in two requests, and I went for one. They were both really good requests, and I honestly wanted both of them, but um, I only have time for one, sadly, due to sort of time constraints. And then if I give one person two, everyone else will want two, and... That's a whole different thing in itself. So I went with his second request, actually. So, from Sonic and Sega, I keep saying that, Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed, the sequel, from Samba Studios, or the Samba Studios version, should I say, this is Vamos a Carnival. Enjoy your requests. Request Resorts.
same show, same host, different topic. This is the Topical Resort.
Yes, fear not for the bed you love so much is back again. Yes, after the adventure had to return, considering how many people just showed their love for this talk bed. So, uh, had to bring it back a lovely, soothing bit of June Sonoy right here. Or as Jamie thinks it is, he thinks it's quartet, so it's, it's the quartet theme. That, what you just said there was from Daytona USA 2, that was Slingshot, the, um... The non, the non Mitsuyoshi version, just the normal version, as requested by the King. Before that, from Crush Forty, because for some reason it doesn't come up with the actual game name on my end. It just says Crush Forty from NASCAR Arcade, and it shouldn't even say Crush Forty because they were actually called Sons of Angels at that point. But uh, from from NASCAR Arcade, that was Watch Me Fly, as requested by Frost Impact, no longer Lost Impact. And yeah, it's the quartet theme, Jamie. Shut up. Speaking of shut up, Jamie, we got uh, the Super Monaco GP C64 version there of BGM1, or as he referred to it as, Theme of Monaco. Obviously it was Jamie because it was it was a uh, C64 track and he only requests them, no one else does. And to be honest, it was a pretty nice track. And uh, yeah, I had a mind blank for a second. Uh, thank you, Electric. He says it was the Dennis St. James version. And before that was Electric's request, actually. It's funny, uh, all these segues going on right here. That was Wave Runner with the Novice Course and kicking off... Oh, that was yeah, that was Electric Boogaloo's and kicking off the block from Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transform. That was Vamos at Carnival, the Samba Studios mix, as requested by Callum, aka Supercat126HD. And now, with that in mind, we are back to the old segment, which everyone loves ever so much. It's just where I talk about the games that I like, and uh, let's see if this leaks through. It shouldn't leak through. Um, ah! Damn it. I'm very tempted to actually put that one in for Callum, because I did actually think about putting in a track from this game, just because of how odd it was. So I might slip this one in, actually. And um, I think a lot of people are going to be crying blasphemy because he actually does have another one later in the show, but that's because I already had that track in the show, and then he went, yeah, I want it as well. So uh, <laughs> I think I am going to sneak in that track because it will work quite well with another one that I've got coming up. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get that one on for you. Anyway, my point here. Um, Veritex also said he wanted to know how much time was left. Um, this block, or this talk bed is normally quite long, so... I'd say you got like 15 minutes plus the time it takes to play the music. Speaking of which, it's time for Type of Viper because I forgot to put this in. I forgot to add that to my queue. There we go, okay. So yes, this normally takes quite a while, but we're going to be talking through all of the games on the list. Starting with 18-wheeler American Pro Truck. This one always comes up. It's sort of a poor man's crazy taxi, in a sense. It's a pretty good game, but um, it's clear that it draws parallels from that game, and it's not quite that game. I'd still recommend you play it on the Dreamcast, but it's all over the place. It got ported quite a bit from what I remember. Maybe check it out. I'm Obviously, I talk about this one quite a lot. Crazy Taxi, the original. Um, love this game. It's really good. It's... Obviously an arcade-styled game, so it's best played in the arcade, but I still think the home console ports are very good, very enjoyable. It's not really one that I can say too much about apart from just a great game, because you've likely already played it, so you don't really need this praise. I like this game, because you likely haven't played this one. This is Crazy Taxi 2, a Dreamcast-only game, or minus the Naomi port, which also exists. This one gets a lot of flack, but I actually really like this game. I think it's very good. 
A lot of people just don't remember it because, quite honestly, it isn't as memorable as the first. But it did add some. It the new maps it added were cool. The uh, jumping mechanic was actually pretty useful in some places, and I enjoyed it. And the soundtrack. Not many people talk about the soundtrack, but uh, once again, it's the Offspring. There's no Bad Religion this time. There's another band in their place doing sort of the menu music instead. But yeah, a lot of Offspring in that. Sadly, they weren't brought back for Crazy Taxi 3, but we'll get to that in a second. But in general, I think Crazy Taxi 2 is a great package. If you have a Dreamcast, I'd recommend you pick it up. Because if I recall correctly, it's still actually quite cheap. Because it's not really in demand as much as the first one. Crazy Taxi 3, if I recall correctly, this one isn't cheap because it's only on the original Xbox and uh, it didn't sell particularly well from what I recall. This game's okay, like, it originally started out, it originally started out life um, as a port of Crazy Taxi for the Xbox and then it just went into its own thing. I've played this one because uh, I downloaded it because modded Xbox. And I have it on my hard drive, and it's like okay, but it's nowhere near up to snuff for the first two. So, you know, play it if you like to swat it cheap, but it's not one of those ones that I recommend going out your way to get. It's sort of the same old Crazy Taxi, but doesn't add anything new. Doesn't add anything new like the first two games do. Um, Fair Wars, if I remember correctly, that's the PSP one. Let me look. Uh, yeah. Crazy Taxi Fair Wars is the PSP game, which is a port of the first and second game, and it adds a few pieces of content. But uh, the main thing is it changes up the soundtrack, so no more Bad Religion, no more Offspring, no more... I can't remember what the other band's called. No more of that, you get whatever bands there are, and I can't remember. I don't really like the music much to this port. The only track which I think everyone agrees with, the only track that anyone really likes from that game, is uh, Orange Wednesday. Which, admittedly, is a great track, but none of the other tracks are really up to snuff. A game that does have tracks that are incredible is Daytona USA. Come on, we all know the music. We can all belt out Sky High at the top of our lungs when going along Seaside Galaxy. Um, if you haven't played Daytona for some reason, first of all, why not? Second of all, buy it on PlayStation 3 or Xbox 360, because that is an insanely good port. It's practically arcade perfect, and then some. It adds more content. Compared to all the other versions which constantly change things, they change the soundtrack, and they change the cars, change the visuals, change how it controlled, change the frame rate, none of that arcade perfect port on the Xbox 360 and PS3. Get that version because this is honestly like my favourite arcade game, I absolutely love Daytona USA. And that shows by how much I play the music on this show, and uh, you may have noticed I haven't played any yet. And I'm not saving any for later in the show, um, I actually don't have any Daytona in this show for my own picks because I'm saving it for another show. Uh, Daytona USA, fantastic game, please play it on a 316 PS3 or if you can find an arcade board or the even the new version, I'd say check it out but try and play the original if you can. Daytona USA 2, I've never played this one because it was only in arcades, only on the Model 3 which makes it a bit harder to emulate. I hear this is a really great game, not as good as the first but it is still cracking, not cracking DJ, just cracking from what I hear. If you could get an emulator working for it, check it out. And uh, <laughs> Callum just sent me a funny story on Discord that he actually didn't know that there was more than one Crazy Taxi game until recently. I think that says volumes about the later Crazy Taxi games because I love 2, but 2's not really on par with the first one. Um, I'll respond to you in a second, Veritex. 
Daytona USA 2001. This is the Dreamcast port of the original Daytona, and uh, it's okay. It has an original soundtrack, which I don't like nearly as much, but the Japanese version actually adds the option to use the original soundtrack, which should have been in the international version, because I would much rather, once again, belt out, you know, let's go away, instead of a generic guitar song. But uh, I think the music's good, just doesn't fit the game at all when we've all been used to so many years to that sort of high Japanese pop, sort of catchy, upbeat soundtrack. And uh, Electric says, yeah, there is a uh, Model 3 emulator called Supermodel that's pretty good now. I should actually check it out. It's just sort of, I don't know, it's not one of those things that comes to the forefront of my mind, I guess. But I, I will actually check it out. Championship Circuit Edition, this the Saturn port, which is flipping awful. Do not play this version. I guess if you can find it cheap or you want to laugh because you're a Daytona fan and um, you know you you want to laugh at this game's expense, then perhaps pick it up. Otherwise, don't bother. Game we were talking about earlier, F Zero AX GX. Don't really need to say too much on this because I said my thoughts earlier. But a uh, great game. Obviously, get it for the GameCube if you spot it because it, as sort of racing games go, and especially futuristic, <laughs> high-speed racing games. This is the best of the best, it's a really good game. F355 Challenge, hard as nails, but a pretty fun realistic uh, simulation racing game, I'd say at least. Gale Racer, the Saturn port of Radmobile, uh, it's pretty good, I'd say. <laughs> Pick it up. But actually no, a lot of people think it's quite bad, but I like it myself. Hang On, the original, not the Super Hang On, just normal Hang On. It's, it's, um, actually, is this really available? I think it might be arcade only. Or if it's not, the other ports are quite bad. But, uh, check it out on arcade. If not, don't really bother. But it's nice to see where Super Hang On had its origins. All three initial D games. I actually don't know anything about the games themselves. They're probably, like, okay arcade style races. Uh, feel free to tell me otherwise. But, uh,. I think, obviously, as we all know, the music is phenomenal. Manix TT Superbike, apparently a uh, pretty pants game, but it has a few nice tracks, so that's worth something, apparently. A game which isn't completely pants, a game which destroys underwear because of how good it is. Metropolis Street Racer. A fantastic little Dreamcast racing game created by the people who would later go on to make the Project Gotham Racing series, a series which I doubt you probably have not heard of, so uh, you know, you've probably heard of it all over the place. There's a reason they got their humble beginning, or the reason it's so good is because they got their humble beginnings with Metropolis Street Racer on the Dreamcast. Um, the game itself is really good, but I think, let's be fair, it's famous for its awesome soundtrack composed by Richard Jakes and also quite a lot of its vocal themes performed by TJ Davis, although other tracks on the soundtrack are available, obviously. But it's a really good game, really good soundtrack, probably one of my favourite games on this list, along with Daytona, Crazy Taxi, and uh, Sonic can say All Stars Racing. Really check it out, it's really cheap on Dreamcast. I've bought two copies, both for £1 each, because one of them had a broken case and the other one didn't, so that's why I bought it twice. I'm not insane, I promise. Monaco GP, here it's okay. NASCAR Arcade, I hear this is pretty good. Ollie King, obviously more famous for the soundtrack than it is for its game because it was composed by industry legend and now basically god according to Twitter, Hideki Naganuma. It's sort of Jet Set Radio but with a 
more mellow style, I guess. Like, it's a bit less in your face and a bit more chilled out. I really like Ollie King's soundtrack. As for the game itself, it's pretty much a reskinned Top Skater in some aspects. But, uh, making me choose between the soundtrack of Ollie King and uh, Top Skater, really horrible because I love both soundtracks, so uh, don't make me compare them. But, uh, Top Skater wins. It has a much better soundtrack. No, it, it's not much better. I just really love Top Skater's soundtrack, though. Outrun and Outrun 2. Fantastic games. I don't really need to sing my praises about them because everyone knows Outrun. Check them out. Outrun 2006. Not many people have actually played this one. It's sort of like Outrun 2, except it's it's not, in a way. Check it out. Power Drift. Classic game, I think. A lot of people know it thanks to 3DS Classics, but uh, if you haven't played it, check it out. It's sort of It was sort of Super Mario Kart before Super Mario Kart, in a way. So if you like that sort of sprite-based kart racing game, then Power Drift is probably going to be somewhere up your alley. Get the 3D Classics version, that's the best one. Racing Hero, don't know anything about. Radmobile, a pretty good Mega Drive title, not going to say too much on that really, because I think we all know. So it's, it's the Gale Racer is the Saturn port of the game, so I've already sort of spoken my part about Gale Racer, so don't really need to speak about Radmobile. Rough Racer don't know anything about Scud Race, a really good arcade exclusive racing game that should have come to home consoles. Thank goodness Outrun 2006, yeah I think it's Outrun 2006, has all the tracks from the game on it, that's how awesome Sumo Digital are. That was, I think the tracks from Outrun 2 are actually from, not Outrun, I think... Oh, Ramville never came out on Mega Drive. Yeah, sorry. Uh, it's arcade, isn't it? Whoops. Uh, yeah, so I think the tracks from Daytona 2 were actually in Outrun 2 as well. So buy Outrun 2006 because you get Scud Racer, Outrun, and Daytona 2 all in one package. It's, it's a great game. And so Scud Race. If you can emulate Model 3 stuff, check it out. Sega GT, Sega GT 2002, and Sega GT Online. Um, don't have an awful lot to say about these pretty good games. Sega Racing Classic. A lot of you might not know what this is, but uh, it, it's Daytona again, basically. What happened was they wanted to make an HD widescreen version of Daytona. So, but they didn't actually have the license. They were like, well, we own the rights to the game, we just don't own the rights to Daytona. So as long as we take the theme song out, but we can keep the rest in. So that's what they did. So uh, Sega Racing Classic is literally Daytona without the theme song. Um, but yeah, they for some reason, despite the fact they already had an HD version of Daytona, they made another HD version of Daytona, which came out in arcades last year and uh, has now been leaked onto the internet. So if you have a PC, you can play it. Uh, I don't condone piracy, but uh, that's that pretty cool. <laughs> Check out Sega Racing Classic because that's actually the port that's on 316 PS3 that I rant and rave about because it's such a good port. It's pretty arcade perfect, but obviously the arcade version is arcade perfect, so uh, arcade arcade, yeah, let's talk some more about that. Sega Rally Championship, Sega Rally 2, Sega Rally 3, Sega Rally Revo. Championship, in my opinion, is the best one. Sega Rally 2 is also pretty good. Sega Rally 3, eh. I've actually played Sega Rally 3 in arcade. I played it while I was away, along with a lot of Daytona um, Championship, actually. Sega Rally 3 is pretty fun, but uh, it's just not as good as the first two. Besides, you can't even feel the heartbeat. On the line. It's not of the land, it's on the line. We all know it. That picture of uh, that picture KC has of David Cameron 
saying it confirms for a fact that it must be Heartbeat on the line. Aside from that, we have Sega Touring Car Championship. Apparently it's a pretty naff game from what people say, but I've played it and I didn't think it was horrible, but the main thing here is the music. The music, Eurobeat, funk, rock, all in one package. One of my favourite Model 2 soundtracks, actually. Completely love, completely love that. Speaking of games I love, Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed and Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing. Hell yeah, love both these games. Love the first one more, though. As I said, the first one might actually be my favourite game of all time, thinking about it. Second one is really good, though, and I hope Team Sonic Racing can even aim to be as good as these all-time classics. Get them. I'd say with the original Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing, specifically by the 360 version, not the PS3, not PC, not any of those other versions. Get it on Xbox 360. The reason I say this is because the Xbox 360 version has the DLC, so it has Metal Sonic as his stage, and it has his uh, no, and it has Ryozuki in his forklift. It also has the Avatar, Banjo Kazooie. So in total, it has the most original characters out of any version of the game. And uh, on top of that, it's, it has the best online presence because although you can go online and get the Metal Sonic DLC on PS3. You get the advantage of having more characters and having a honestly better online community on the Xbox 360 version. And in fact, Steam the Steam release doesn't even have online, so that is why you should get it on either 360 or PS3, but I'd recommend it well and truly on 360. Transformed, you can get it on anything because... Actually, I'd recommend getting it on PC just because it has the most DLC. It has Ryo Hazuki, the guy from the Yogs cast. I don't know why he's there. It's got the Metatonic DLC, which all versions have. It has Football Manager, Team Fortress, um, Total War. There's like a few other characters. Quite a lot of things are exclusive to PC, but otherwise, every version has online. Every version has the Metatonic DLC. You're not really missing out on much. But uh, every version of that game's good. But yeah, both games are excellent. Please pick them up. Sonic Drift 1 and 2, okay racing games. Not great, but. Considering the platform they're on, you sort of got to forgive them. Sonic Freeriders, nothing to forgive about this game. A horrible game because it requires Connect. In theory, it shouldn't be bad because it has great music and it looks gorgeous, but oh, it's just an absolute pig to control. Don't want to touch that game with a 10 foot pole. Steer clear, even if you have a Connect, even if you have a good conscience, even if you like the game. Stay well away. I have warned you. Sonic R, a game which doesn't suck, a game which is awesome. And I forgot to actually put any music for it in the show. <laughs> uh, I might, I might put some, might sneak some in. So Sonic R, fun fact, uh, is a pretty good game. That goes without saying, really. <laughs> I really need to move on. Uh, great game, great music, yeah. Sonic Riders, great game. Sonic Riders Zero Gravity, aesthetic the game, love, love, love this game. Main theme is great, both main themes are actually great, the menu theme, love the music for this game, great game, pick it up. Sonic Rivals 1 and 2, these games get a lot of unfair hate, but I love them. Not racing in the traditional sense, but uh, you go head to head with an opponent and you've got to get to the finish as fast as possible. I love these games. They're very cheap, but check them out. I'd say they're worth your time. Super Hang On classic game, you all know it. Top Skater, it's a pretty good game. Has an awesome soundtrack, Punk Rock by Pennywise. Check out the music to that one. Turbo Outrun, pretty good game. Virtua, 
racing. It, it's it's good. And Wave Runner. Yeah, it, it's good. So uh, I've babbled on for long enough. I, I need to get back. Oh my god, seven messages in the Discord. What happened there? But I need to get back to the Trivia Coast. So why don't we get that final clue very quickly. Trivia Coast. So a lot of you didn't really actually have issues with the medium question, so people who got the medium question, we had Vertex, Twitty, Lost Impact, Callum, Jamie, and Electric Boogaloo, and I have to actually say that Jamie managed to get the hard question, so that makes two people now who have managed to get that question, so um, the rest of you, it is possible, because Jamie just confirmed it to me, so once again, maybe some sites will be your friend, but um, as for your time... It's it's on the chopping line, or should I say, it's on the cutting line. Hmm. Yes, but it's time to get into the easy question. But first of all, I'm going to recap the last two questions. You've got very little time left. You've got the next three tracks to get in your um, answers for all these for these three questions, and then that is your time up. But um, to recap the hard question. According to unused text in the game, what was the original title for Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing? The medium question, name me three product placement uh, locations in the original Dreamcast release of Crazy Taxi. And now for the easy question. So a cameo is defined as a short appearance of a known person in an often unrelated piece of work. Cameos often take place in games, crossing over various installments, series is and sometimes even publishers. Sega's no strangers to in or Sega's no stranger to including these notes in their games. But in which two racing games does their blue mascot appear? So in which two Sega racing games does their blue mascot appear? Getting your answer to me in a Discord DM. I'm sure you'll have no trouble with this, any of you who've been around. And uh, Jamie says what's the what's the music I'm using in the background? This is actually uh, Tropical Coast Act 1 from Sonic Lost World, and it's a great track, I love it, it's, it's awesome. But um, yes, enough, enough talking now, we must get into the requests, not requests, we must get into the music! So, from Metropolis Street Racer, and from Not Oasis, this is Live Your Life right here on the Topical Resort and when we come back we'll be revealing the results and the current standings for the Trivia Coast but until then enjoy the music Sadness and the 
can have a tall boy, yeah.
entries for the Trivia Coast are now closed. Trivia Coast. So, someone just informed me that the easy question is actually wrong. Um, I mean, someone could have told... But how does how does that count? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, question three, according to Veritex, is wrong, but I think it's right, so I'm going to leave it as it is. Crazy Taxi City Rush there, as requested by Callum, but I actually wanted to put it in the show anyway because I like it as a track. That was Things I Can't Change, the story so far. Before that, my absolute favourite Offspring track from Crazy Taxi 2. That was One Fine Day. And Callum pointed out that is the theme to Shaggy and Scooby do get a clue a um, pretty terrible mid 2000s cartoon or it might have actually been earlier I can't remember uh, I too want to forget about it just like he does but um, I really like that track so I'm going to forget about it before that from Not Oasis from Metropolis Street Racer that was Live Your Life as you can hear from the background music which by the way because Jamie will probably ask is Juice Archipelago from Sonic Lost World it's now time to get in the results for the Trivia Coast. So as you just heard from our lovely announcer lady, entries are now closed. No more votes. Not votes. No more guesses. So with that in mind, shall we get to the overall point scores for this week's Trivia Coast? So our winners this week were from two unlikely places because this person managed to find the name the, or the answer for the hard question at the very last second. So, in first, in joint first place, we have Electric Boogaloo and Lost Impact, actually, or Frost Impact. In actually, no, we have Jamie as well because Jamie did send me his. I just forgot to update the tally, so don't mind. Jamie has nine. Um, Callum's sending me some stuff in DM. Um, possibly, I'm not sure, I might just say no just because you've had two requests, sorry Callum, but um, I am actually going to be doing something which will have Crazy Taxi City Rush in its sort of request pool in a few weeks from now I reckon, so hold on to that request and I'll do it then. But yeah, so joint, first place we have Electric, we have Jamie, and we have Lost Impact. And then after that, all with three points, because I thought a lot more people would actually go for the one point question, because it was so simple. But uh, three points, we have Callum, we have Twinny, and we have Veritex, who all got the medium question correct, but none of the other ones. With that in mind, I think I've been teasing you for long enough. Shall we start with the easy question, just to tease you for even longer? So the easy question was, in which two games does their blue or does Sega's blue mascot make a cameo appearance? The keyword being cameo, because a lot of people sent me in guesses like, Sonic R, Sonic Drift 2. I did make it clear in the original airing of the question that it was cameo appearances, but that sort of was a bit of the trap, because I didn't tell you that, um, I didn't tell you that it wasn't cameos on the second airing of the question. But the answer to this is obviously Daytona USA, where Sonic appears on the beginner track in Carved Into the Rock, and Radmobile, which is Class's first official appearance, where he appears dangling on the dashboard as an air freshener. So anyone who tried to send me Sonic car, that's not a cameo appearance, he's the star of the game, it doesn't count. But they were the two games in which Sonic appeared in a cameo role. As for the medium question, um, 
my answer's actually wrong for this, because the original question was wrong. So, the question was, name me three product placement locations in the original Dreamcast release of Crazy Taxi. I have written down here KFC, Levi's and Tower Records, however you could have also had... Um, who else sent me the correct ones? You could have also had Fila, Pizza Hut, and I believe there was one more somewhere. No, I think actually James got them all. So KFC, Pizza Hut, Levi's, Fila, and Tower Records were all the possible answers you could have got for the medium question. And now for the one that's been taunting you all, the hard question. According to unused text in the game, what was the original name for Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing? So the original clue that I gave you, or the clue that I gave you originally was that Google wouldn't help you, which is true, because searching the name of this game, or the original name of this game, on Google doesn't even come up with any results. And, um, yeah, so what you need to do is I gave you a clue at the end which said, your time is on the cutting floor. And that was obviously a reference to the website The Cutting Room Floor, which is the only place I've ever seen this information listed, but it's according to in-game files, so therefore it's true. The answer to the question of what Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing was originally called was Sega Superstars Karts. So a lot of you got very close. A lot of you were along the right lines in thinking that the original name was Sega Superstars, because obviously that was what the brand was called up until that point when they changed it. So that was correct. A lot of you, however, guessed it was like racing or Sonic racing or something. No, no one except for the people who got it right guessed along the lines of carts. Sega Superstars Carts was the correct answer. So uh, that was very difficult because only one website, which didn't even come up when you searched the name, had the answer. But uh, congratulations to the three people who got it and everyone else. You got really close. But uh, I congratulate you for trying because a lot of people tried very hard. Oh, uh, God, uh, yeah. He does appear on Outrunners and in Super Monaco GP2. Damn it, my question's wrong. You get the point, though. They are the two main games that people associate, therefore, I I'm counting my question as right. I'm going to have to use better sources next time, because both the sources told me that was right. And they were both wrong. So, But uh, the first question was, or the hard question was right. But anyway, that in mind, you now know who is in the lead for... Um, Trivia Coast, so we'll be coming back to that in two weeks. You'll see why next week, but uh, we are so far behind time. I really do apologise, Rexy. But uh, we need to get back into the music immediately, so we're going to get one in from Sega Touring Car Championship. Another absolute Eurobeat tune right here. This is Don't Drop Me, right here on the Topical Resort.
Radio Sega Live Weekend. This is the Topical Resort with Green Viper 8.
to re-educate yourself on the topic of a previous show, download our podcast from the Radio Sega Media section. Subscribe to us on iTunes or stream the show through Stitcher. One opinion, two opponents, and only one will be triumphant. This is Test Your Topicality. And uh, how's that for an intro? I quite like that myself. It's it's time, ladies and gentlemen, for the brand new, totally brand new, never been done before segment. Test your topicality. And um, very text pointed out that yes, um, I should be giving credit to him and others because uh, how the, how the timeline went was originally I came up with an idea for sort of a. Um, segment of sorts, one versus one. Then I dropped the idea because I was like, eh, no, there's not enough people. If I can't even do a quiz show, then I can't be able to do this. But, um, he sort of brought the idea back to the front of my head when he asked for a one versus one sort of battle royale styled segment. And, um, combining his idea and sort of my idea, I came up with test your topicality. With that in mind, I summon, I summon him, I summon Jamie to the chill out so we can begin the jewel. Uh, this is the part where I sort of wait awkwardly. What you just heard there was from Sonic and All Stars Racing Transform. That was Burning Depths. It's a remix of We Are Burning Rangers from Burning Rangers, as requested by Callum, although it was already in there because I wanted it myself. For that from Sega Touring Car Championship, that was Don't Drop Me, a fantastic Eurobeat tune. And also, Jamie, hurry up. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, so first of all, I haven't actually tested my Discord cables. So I, I don't know if this is going to work. With that in mind, shall we invite Jamie? I think we should. Welcome to the show, Jamie. I, I can't I can't hear him. That's, that's a good start. Great great stuff. G- give me a second here. Uh, yeah. This is why you test your uh, stuff before the stream, children. Ah, that might have worked. Possibly, try speaking. No, okay, he's left. Give... Just try again, Jamie. Cause... Hello? Ah, yes, we can hear him now. Welcome to the show, Mr. Jamie. How are you doing today? First things first, change my name. Uh, eh, no. Um, okay, so basically, you you sort of read <laughs> through what, what this segment entails, didn't you? Briefly, yes. Okay, so um, I'm going to re-explain this for people who didn't read the blog post, which is apparently quite a few people. <laughs> they just decided it wasn't worth it, despite what I told them it was. So test your it's topicality. It's because it's shit. Yeah, it's... Let's face it. <laughs> test your topicality. Basically, even myself and a guest, or two guests, are given a point of discussion and handed a stance they must take on it. On the spot, they must argue either for or against the point of discussion and aim to come up with as many points as possible for their side of the argument during the time limit. The winner is the person who gives the highest number of valid points, but the listeners can also choose who they think made the best points, not necessarily the points they agreed with the most. With that in mind, Jamie, are you ready to hear what the point of discussion is and what stance you'll be taking? No, but let's get on with it. Good, because I, d- I don't actually have anything prepared myself, so I think both of us will be a bit clumsy here, but uh, with that in mind, today we are going to be arguing 
Sega's realistic racing library is becoming stale. And, well, Jamie, you're going to have to argue as to why their library isn't becoming stale. And I will argue as to why it is. Uh, so, problem is, you put me on a topic I hardly know very little of. Well, I don't really know much either, so... Between us, that's sort of the whole point. We're thrown into something that we don't know, and we have to sort of come up with our own points. So, uh, I'm going to quickly grab a timer, and then we'll begin. Hashtag unprepared. Yeah, I'm very unprepared. What did I do with it? <laughs> I actually had a timer ready to go, and then I, I moved it. So, let's find it. So I'm going to set this for about seven minutes, if that's cool with you. Yeah. Okay, uh, minute seven. Let's go. Okay, so three, two, one, go. So Jamie, you have to tell me, why exactly do you think that Sega's realistic racing library isn't stale? Oh, great. <laughs> so you, you should just sort of argue why exactly you think they make you know sort of good racing games that innovate every time that sort of thing. Um, I, like I said, you put me on the topic in a little bit. I hardly play racing games as it is. Okay, right. So I guess I will get into some of my points first, and then hopefully through that, some some perhaps some of your points may start flowing. So. I think Sega's realistic races are becoming a bit stale myself, as there's only so much you can do with the genre. In a way, you know, there's only so many times you can drive around a circuit before it starts becoming the same, no matter what game, no matter what music you put in the background, no matter what car you're in. There's only so many times you can drive around that circuit, and that's why perhaps they could be becoming sort of stale. So that's an example of what you'd say. But it's it with the realistic drivers, uh, driving games. It could be those circuits people want to see because majority of the time they're based on real locations. So you could say in a way the different circuits each time because they're based on real locations is sort of the drawing point and therefore keeping them fresh. Yep, I will give you that. So um, in a way, realistic races. It's the slight issue of. Even between generations, a lot of them feel the same. None of them introduce new mechanics. Obviously, you know, they in, they like increase the lighting, they make the graphics look a bit prettier. Aside from that, what else have they really changed? Obviously, aside from the point of the track sort of feeling the same, the gameplay itself doesn't really feel changed. Occasionally they'll like tighten up some mechanics, which is obviously very appreciated, but you know, it's, it's sort of a bit the gameplay just stays the same in some ways, I'd say. But then, over the case of uh, hardware improvements, it's the gameplay that can change, in, such as improving driving conditions, such as uh, weather conditions affecting your um, manoeuvre of the uh, car and everything. That is true, because with, obviously, new hardware, you can do new weather conditions, so therefore you can change the gameplay. Okay, so th this is going fairly tired because both of us aren't really too knowledgeable on the subject, so I guess we've got to sort of start pulling some points to why they might be becoming stale. So, for example, I think a reason that Sega Racing Games might be becoming stale is... well... hmm... 
I'm struggling myself here now. I've <laughs> used the two easy points. <sighs> this thing. Dead time. I can think of another reason for the uh, genre. Go for it. Uh, that the fact that the realism of the games, uh, with, especially with today's gamers, is the forefront because people are looking for more realism, especially in a genre such as the uh, uh, such as racing games. But one could argue that realism is actually overrated because I could simply go out and drive a car in real life. I couldn't drift round corners in, in a go-kart and throw bananas at people without getting kicked out of uh, my local go-karting go track. So, in a way, I don't know, I guess, I, I could, all these simulation games, I could perform them in real life. I couldn't perform any sort of other kart racing or, you know, spin-off genres in real life, so... Simulation games are getting stale because I can reproduce them in the real world. But then you got to remember not everyone can do that in real life. That is actually true, yes. In a way. You look, you've got people people probably with disabilities who can easily pick up a controller but not be able to get behind the wheel of a, of a car. That is true. So in a way, simulation games actually provide an experience to people which they perhaps wouldn't be able to experience. But on the other hand, what separates each racing game one from another, incremental sort of games in a series, quite often end up feeling the same when they're realistic. Like, sure, you can change the music, but that doesn't stop the game itself from becoming stale. That just simply makes it a more enjoyable package. So, in a way, has sequelitis made these genre more stale? Because different takes on the genre from different studios help, but um, is it sequelitis that has actually hindered more than helped? Good topic to start off with, Viper. Yeah, none of us know, but that's the fun of it. You've got to come up with the points off the top of your head. And also, speaking of which, we've got one minute and 37 seconds left, so we should really make this count. Um, sequels could make them stale, but not usually these days. It's the most, It's more sequels that keep bringing the player back, uh, not just with racing games, but with other genres. I guess there's sort of the argument to be made that, um... People, uh, actually, that's not... Sorry, um... Very Texas said. <laughs> controls in racing games. Um... So, I think a lot of the time the controls can actually ruin it, but the issue is they don't change up the controls enough. You know, every racing game in an arcade comes with a steering wheel, and it comes with some pedals. The issue is they don't change that control scheme, you know, they don't, they don't add in uh, <laughs> roll cages, you know, they don't add in different methods of control, it's always the same. So in a way, that lack of innovation, in a sense, of control style just simply going for the sort of uh, emulation, could be leading to it becoming stagnant and perhaps rather stale. Quick, Jamie. <laughs> Think of a point. Oh. <laughs> yes! Oh, it could be, it, it, uh, it could be, oh, it could be how gaming's changing with its controller methods such as virtual reality which is improving on some of the control schemes of the uh, racing genre. 
Oh, that damn it, you actually can... got that as well. Yeah. <laughs> I was sort of hoping you were like getting another sentence in or something, because then I wouldn't have to give you the point, but I actually do have to give you the point, which means, ladies and gentlemen, J-Meme has won the first episode of Test Your Topicality, which means he thinks that racing games aren't becoming stagnant, aren't becoming stale. But the question is, just because he's the winning, just because he won, in terms of how many points he made, who do you think made the best points based on their stance? Do you think I you made the best that. points, or do you think Jamie made the best points? Let us know down in the Discord below, and what are we going to say, Jamie? You do know they're all going to go against me, because it's me. Uh, we've got to have the bias aside. Do you think he actually made some good points, despite the fact that maybe you might not agree with them? you got to put the bias aside here, people, and we want to know who rightfully won at that episode to test your topicality. Down in mind, uh, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on today. Bit more of a traditional uh, call-in next week, but uh, th this has been fun. I look forward to where this possible segment could take us. I'm not. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, got, I got the feeling you wouldn't be, but uh, thanks for coming by, Jamie. Any final words for a drag back to the chill-out? Um, make sure it's a genre probably everyone's playing. <laughs> You mean Next you haven't time. played racing games? Yeah, this is why I don't trust you, Jamie. Speaking of which, check your name. Bye, Jamie. Bye. He didn't realise the entire time he was in the chill out that I'd changed his name to Jamie. Great stuff, Jamie. And um, yeah, I, I got the feeling that uh, Jamie, people would actually agree with Jamie that he had the better points, which I totally expected. So, congratulations to Jamie. I think he is definitely well and truly deserved this episode of Test Your Topicality, so uh, his crown will be arriving in the post shortly. No it won't. Yeah, it won't be. Bear in mind it's time to get into the toppy mix and uh, we've got some great tracks coming up. We've got a rocking track, quite literally rocking, followed by a... followed by a, an R&B style track, and then... what? A rocking remix of a track from a DS shovel, shovelware game come again. I think we should start with the first one, which is from Yakuza Kiwami, and that is Flirt with Bomb. And when we come back on the Topical Resort, we'll be getting, or we'll be closing off the show. And I actually won't be reviewing what's coming next time, because I don't know yet. <laughs> Enjoy the music. Let's get scratching.
Wow, a new new ending talk pad. Who would have thought? Me, because I put this in here. Absolutely love this track, and it works so well. There's a track to talk over at the end of the show. Arguably better than the one we used to have. Uh, this is the main theme for the Wii version. Or, sorry, the main menu theme from the Wii version of Samba Amigo Wii. And what we had just there was an absolute belter. Love that track. Um, but yeah, it's from such a bad Source game, which pains me to say it. From um, Okay, so... The original track was from SpongeBob SquarePants Creature from the Krusty Krab. Nintendo DS. It's not a good game, does not have a good soundtrack. That was Diesel Dreaming. But then Gallium Grant came along and thought, what if that pretty dreadful track, because the original is pretty bad, what if that met Road Rash and was remixed in a Genesis style? And what you got there was just rocking. Love that track. Just like, when the breakdown comes, love it. It's such a bad game, though. I... Hmm... Uh, whatever. I love that track. Please go and download it and support Gallium Grant because he makes great Genesis remixes of, uh, to be honest, crappy source tunes. For that, from UV Search A, Digi Valentine, Jamie, and Jamie the Sister UV, that was Tail Chaser, a remix of a few tracks from Metropolis Street Racer. And before that, from Yakuza Kiwami, that was Flirt with Bomb, another great guitar track. And now we are here at the end of the show, and I want to give a huge thank you. There's been tons of support tonight. There's been J-Meme, who still hasn't figured out how to change his name. You should probably look at that. It's been, it's been like half an hour now, and he hasn't even noticed. <laughs> we've had Veritex, we've had Rexy, we've had Lost Impact, we've had on the Twitter feed, we had Lunar Eclipse a few times. We had Mystic Cheese earlier on, we had Electric Boogaloo, we we had some other people um, stop by, we had D'Artagnan, he was here a bit earlier. We had Opus Science, he did stop by and say hello, go and drop him some love, maybe even some money, when, uh, when Resort Tropical comes out on Bandcamp tonight. Aside from that, I don't really have too much to say. Thank you so much for listening to the show, I know this has gone on for absolutely ages and I really do apologise, Rexy. But um, this was always going to take a long time, and I sort of always knew that in the back of my head. Because the first run of everything is always very slow. Um, <laughs> Jamie, just to get it out. Yeah, the first run is always going to be a bit slow, so I do apologise about that. But uh, next time, we know sort of all the timings now. Yeah, negative shout-out to Doom Girl, except uh, no, shout-out to Doom Girl. Hopefully she comes back soon. Yes, now we know the timings should be finishing on time always, but next week we're actually going back to week B. And week B, would what, what's that? Because there's two alternating types of weeks here on the tropical... Tropical? I keep saying that now. <laughs> on the topical resort. There's week A and week B. You just had week A. Week B is a return to form, so all the segments you loved from the, from the last season... Uh, Topical Thesis and Discord Call-In are both back next week, replacing the Trivia Coast and the uh, Test Your Topicality segment. But that's all I really have to say for now. Thank you so much to everyone who has listened in. As for next week, because I normally tease what comes next week, I don't know. I don't have a clue. I'm going to decide later this week, but normally I would have decided. But there's a few ideas that I've sort of had rattling around in my mind. that I'm like, which one of them do I want to do? I'm sort of going to have to decide, so apologies for that. Not that hint at the end, but uh, thanks so much for listening. You guys have been awesome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand you over to Rexy. Apparently, voice is on later tonight at 2am as well, so listen to him. 
Stay tuned, because after all, this show does kick off your Radio Sega Live weekend. It's just one of many shows, so continue to listen to the station. Continue to listen to our podcast. You know, just support us all over, not financially, just with your love. That sounds weird. I'm going to end this now. We're going to end off with a track from Turbo Outrun, and of course, it's the C64 version. This is going to make Jamie very happy. One of my favourite tracks, and I had to play it as the ending track. This is Magical Sound Shower. This has been the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega. You have been awesome. Thank you so much for listening. And, as always, stay topical.
Outrun. Enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.